The title of my message is War of the Worlds. And no, Tom Cruise is not going to show up uh, from his... He starred in War of the Worlds a few years back. It was a blockbuster that kind of busted, but um, the War of the Worlds... I think sometimes in life, our situations are far more traumatic in and through ourselves than what God really sees taking place. I don't know about you, but when I feel that things are out of whack or there's problems in my own circumstances... I feel that they're way bigger than they actually are. Now, if you don't, if you don't think that sometimes when bad things happen to you are, you know, that you keep them in, in the box that they are and that life is better than the circumstances that are around you, I, I give you kudos. Because sometimes... When our circumstances are blowing up, the last thing we do is look at them with the eyes of someone else. Just saying. So if we look at our own lives and see both trouble and insignificance, but in the spirit, God sees something much more profound taking place. We can simply look at the Christmas story as a tale about a poor pregnant, unwed teenager. We can see her as a faithful nobody who had a son that went on to do great things. But what if the thing taking place in the spirit realm was much more profound than that? You know, telling Mary's story this way would not be wrong, but it would be incomplete. Did you know that the story of Jesus' birth is also told from heaven's perspective? If you have your phones, your tablets, and your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 12, here is heaven's perspective of what was going on at Christmas. I'll give you a moment to just get to Revelation chapter 12. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon, under her feet and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she, was, where she has a 
place prepared by God in which she was to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness, to the place where she was to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured out from his mouth. Interesting. You have to understand that in literature like that, you can probably say, well, man, we're, things are jumped around. How does that follow the story? Well, you have to understand that eternity in God's concept of, is not the same time as we have time. So when the child is born and Satan being thrown out of heaven, that whole aspect can take time can take in a moment. Where we are, we are linear in our thinking, God and all the things that are taking place in the spirit realm take place in a much different concept and way of which we would, in our own thinking. But the understanding is that there is a, a battle that is going on and has gone on. Christmas is nothing less than a war of two worlds. Now, it doesn't matter whether you believe the woman in Revelation 12 is literally Mary or whether you consider her symbolic of the nation of Israel bringing forth the Christ child. The point of the matter is this. This teenage girl was caught up in apocalyptic events by carrying Christ within her. The world apocalypse in its root form means unveiling and uncovering And over time, people began to use the word to talk about the end of the world. But apocalyptic times are the end of the world in a certain sense. But apocalyptic times are the end of the way the world is and the beginning of the way it will be. In apocalyptic times, things are uncovered and revealed for what they are instead of what we always assumed. So ultimately... We can learn from her, for Mary was the first one to whom Christ dwelled within. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, 
my little children from whom I am again, and in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Let me say that again. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it wasn't just a spiritual idea that Christ formed within Mary. It was a physical reality. Correct? This is true. But it's also true for us in a different sense. Now by the Spirit, Christ is expressed through our bodies and relationships. Instead of Jesus Christ being formed within us as a baby, he is formed within us as one body. Instead of him just being within us, we are also within him. Am I confusing you? You see, this is the sacred mystery, but it's not meant to be comprehended, it's meant to be lived. If Mary didn't understand it, you won't understand it either, but you can still receive it and treasure it. We are looking to be rescued from the outside, but God is the Savior, is being born within our lives from the inside. Are we comprehending me? Because I see some puzzling looks. I will go on, and if I, you still get puzzling looks, I will go back and re-go. But, you know, in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 55, we read this. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judea, And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what is spoken to her from the Lord. So what I'm trying to get at is this. Christ is to be formed in us. And we can learn from Mary's faithfulness. Well, how do we do that? God is forming something in you, but he's also forming it in others. See, you are not alone in this. Mary spends time with the only other supernatural pregnant woman she knows in the world. She does this because she knows she will be understood and celebrated. Church, Christ is forming something in you.
But I want you to understand something is that your world or your enclosed space is not where you is not where you get life and community. You have to look for people who are further along in the gestation period. Inspiration and fulfillment will not just happen. You need an atmosphere. You need an environment in order for that to grow. So many people are looking to, they're instantaneous and wanting to see Christ formed within them and to see him move and have his being in and through our lives. But we don't realize is that that formation of Christ in us needs one another. It just doesn't happen. It just always isn't. And a lot of times, we are looking for a favorable environment and atmosphere that we think will allow that to grow. So we look for that community, that situation, that environment that we have in our minds that this is it. But the problem is, is that when we hit a wall in that environment, we start looking for another one. I don't know about you, but if you put yourself in Mary's shoes, it wasn't a great environment. She was carrying a child, and she did not know a man. And the man she was betrothed to had his own things to work out. I guess what I'm trying to say is, in the formation of what God was trying to do, it wasn't all a bed of roses. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't the situation that we would look towards in order to form. But Christ was, do, was formed in that situation. Guess what? You will find all the way through the Bible is that it is through those trials and situations that God desires to bring about your greatest, His greatest glory. As a matter of fact, James tells us that we're to count it all joy <laughs> when you face various trials and situations. I guess we have to take an honest look at the atmosphere and the environment in which Christ is growing in us. And we really have to take a hard look at what is happening in and through us before we begin to jump ship to another environment. Because it's really sometimes not the environment that's happening, it's really you. Because wherever you go, that's where you are. 
And you see, Christ is being formed in and through you. Now, let me get this. It won't just happen, it won't, you won't get this from the moping, discouraging complainers. You should spend time with them too, but you don't draw life from them. Take responsibility for the gift God has given you. And if you want the thing God is birthing in you to be protected and for it to grow, you seek relationships with people who can build up and inspire the miracle that is happening in your heart. Amen, Pastor. Uh, Number two, uh, if Christ is to be formed in us, what can we learn from Mary's faithfulness? Well, the Holy Spirit will confirm his word by causing something to leap inside you. I don't know about you, but oftentimes it's... God is already beginning to work inside here. That when I hit someone or I come into contact with some of the like-mindedness of the same place, I begin to leap. There is a check in my heart. I remember when I first visited this church many, many years ago, back at the Seniors Drop-In Center, and I first met Al Richard, Al and Dorothy Richard. You have to understand that both of them were not uh, the life of the party people. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, you, if you know Al and Dorothy, you know that they are not people that draw that are exuberant or drawing attention to themselves. There were individuals that truly desired to see God move in their heart and life, and something inside me said, you know what? They are going to be your gold for the years to come. It's true. Amen. And they have been. You see, it has not been the the atmosphere and the environment of what we think is all to take place. It's really enjoying the fabric of interaction in relationships, both in the good and in the bad, in the prosperous times, in the lack times, it allows our environment to grow. And there is something inside us that allows us to go to the next level because we have people in our lives that allow that spirit in our lives to go, that is good. You see, we've, we've, we've told you about the word of Kale Mumby that spoke over, it's really in a word over this area. It's not just going to take the environment of just loosey-goosey wonderful things that take place. It will mean that there will be sacrifices, there will be times of blessing, there will be times of lack. But the fact is, is that we will allow the Spirit of God that's being formed in us to leap for those things that are yet to come and those things that are already fulfilled. 
What is it going to take for a move of God to so incredibly make a difference on this community, on this area, on this province, and on this nation and the entire world? What is it going to take? Is it just a warm fuzzy and a nice move of God? Basically, that's in our, in our, our, our mindset of what we think it will look like. But in the midst from what to get from there, how do you get from there when you're over here where we are today? How does that, what do, what do we have to do to get there? Get nice warm fuzzies every Sunday? That would be nice if it was just warm fuzzies. But our world is changing so rapidly all the time that what worked in Christendom and in the church back, I'll say when I began ministry some 33 years ago, is totally different than what it is today and what it will be tomorrow. You know what impresses people in the world to start thinking about God and about Christ is not about our warm fuzzies, how wonderful they are, but it's how relevant and how impactful we show Christ in and through our lives to others. We need a practice ground. We need a place where Christ is exact, is formed but also practiced. How do you do that? Well, going back there and sign up for the food bank tree. And then sign up to deliver the gift. Because that will also show you where your heart is. I'm going to, I'm going to use my wife as an example. <laughs> we went and delivered food bank stuff. And sometimes when you, you have in, your, in your, your own vision for, what, for Christ working through you and how it will be received, God is always perfecting the work. Because sometimes we think the poor will be so receptive and so thankful, but guess what? When you deliver and you go and you look inside and you see the house and you see the presence and you see the tree, they don't look poor. Or they come to the door and you see all of the extra stuff that they're spending money on, maybe on alcohol or cigarettes or on things that you say, well, if you're really in need, why are you spending money on that? And then you leave going, well, something's got to... There's, there's an incongruentness in your heart. You've just tried to form Christ by doing stuff to the food bank, but you left going, do they really need that? Or should they have had that? Because in my mind, there is something not, not right. But you know what that is? That's Christ being formed in you. It's not about whether they were needing that gift or not. 
Christ is using all of that to form himself in you. I remember one Christmas we took our kids down to the Friendship Inn down in Saskatoon and we served turkey. We thought we were going to see like revival take place. People are going to receive their turkey meal and they're going to be so thankful because we were there to give them their turkey dinner. But when they came through the lineup, they go, oh, huh? I don't want that. I want this. This? Oh, no, that's not what I want. And you think, excuse me. Excuse me. Time out. You don't have any money, and you don't have any place to go for Christmas, and you're not going to have turkey dinner, and yet you're telling me who's serving you on my Christmas that this isn't sufficient enough for you. You want to spank them. They need a mother and they need my mother very, very badly. (laughs) But you see, the whole aspect is not that you're doing a wonderful thing, is that Christ is being formed in you. God desires to form himself in and through you and to build you up and it's it's interesting that when we get a chance to be what, what Christ wants us to be, there's this huge development aspect that we have to lay at his feet because there's an incongruent of our thinking and his thinking. And you know what? That's the Holy Spirit. Formation and bringing formation into our lives. Have you ever heard, going back to Elizabeth's case, this was literally her baby John who recognized the presence of his cousin Jesus. But in our case, sometimes God will move upon our very bodies to confirm his word. Have you ever heard something that was so true that you could feel it leaping in your guts? Have you ever heard someone else's testimony and felt compelled to rejoice? I want to encourage you to act on those impulses. This is the Holy Spirit knitting us together. This is how God conforms his word, confirms his word in our lives. It's the act of faithfulness to take joy in the life of someone else and make it our own. Thirdly, how do we bring this this faithfulness of God forming through Mary's faithfulness. And number three, you feel something happening inside you. Sorry, before you feel anything happening inside you, believe anyway. If you ask any woman who's been pregnant, and I only have asked one, and that's my wife, they will tell you that in initial stages, sometimes they might not even feel anything inside them at all but life is still being formed in you. Even if you don't always see the evidence of it. Mary is blessed because she believed before her quickening. Can you trust God before he proves himself to you? 
Can you trust God before he shows up? Connor read Mary's, they call it the magnificent, magnificent, magnificent. Uh, And Mary said, if you've not... If you've not read it, I'm going to read it, okay? But I want to point some things out. My soul, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on in all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of the humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. I want you to take and highlight every has in those scripture verses. Verse 48, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the mighty and exalted those in the humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. You see, there is something that that Mary is, is telling us, and she is believing before it takes place. She's already made the declaration of who God has and already has done, even before it took place. He has believed, she has believed God over his character long before she's experienced it. So in the spiritual realm, Mary might be hunted by a dragon, but do you sense fear and discouragement in her voice? Those who trust that God is birthing something in their lives choose thanksgiving instead of anxiety. You know what? You're going to say, Kendall, that is so much, that is so easier said than done. I understand that. I have literally been in the thrones of where my thoughts have caused anxiety upon anxiety upon my anxiety. And you wonder how you're going to get through or to see what the salvation of God. It all takes a stop and bring thanksgiving to your lips. So true. What do you mean? Say it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do. Because it's in the, it's in the words of thanksgiving that allows your ears to hear what, you, what is spiritually happening in the atmosphere. It's changing the whole situation around. It would have been totally inappropriate for this teenage mother to look toward the future with dread and hopelessness. Instead, she worships God. 
It's impossible to praise God and to suffer under your circumstances at the same time. One spirit drives out the other. This is where the battle is located. Do I remain faithful to the promise being formed within me, or do I make the situations in my life into a justification for discouragement? Mary believes justice will be born into the world through her. Those who believe God will fulfill his promise, see themselves as the carriers of his solution. They refuse to criticize the world from the outside. It's their fault. The government needs to get its act together. I wish someone would, would do something about that. Mary says none of these things. She knows that there are many things wrong with the world. She does not try to fix them. Instead, she sees what God is doing within her as a solution in the making. Faithful praise and discouraged criticism are mutually ex exclusive. You get to pick one or the other. You cannot have both. Mary doesn't just survive the Christmas season, she thrives in it. But think about the trajectory of her life and her family. She will give the ultimate sacrifice. She will watch her own son give of his life and be crucified. Even the outflow of God's promise will look different than you expect. Are you going to hold on to your own specific imagination or are you going to let him bring about redemption in a way that surprises you? This Christmas, maybe we need to realize something is taking place. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17 says, Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who kept the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. This verse brings us to today. The war is still ongoing. We follow the woman's child, Jesus of Nazareth, into God's good new world. We hold the testimony of Jesus and we find God's power in the blood of the Lamb. There is a defeated dragon lurking on the shores of the sea of human culture. This dragon hopes we will abandon our victory and succumb to a false sense of defeat. But this dragon is powerless when we hold to the promise being born in us. Does Christmas feel like a struggle? Of course it does. It's a war of two different worlds. But the war is over. If you want it, Christ being formed in you is the very hope of glory. Can you see it? Can you be faithful to it? Can you rejoice over others to liberate them from discouragement? Can you choose praise as an antidote to hopelessness? Those are some of the things in which we can do in order to see the fullness of Christ being formed in us.
Church, we need an anchor. As we go from this Christmas and into the new year, we need an anchor by which we hold on to, knowing that this is the foundation and the very atmosphere and environment that we want to see God develop and nurture and have influence and bring his kingdom into. There's so much, and I've said this before, I think I, I feel like I repeat myself week after week, but I feel like there is so much whipping back and forth of emotions and of stuff that's taking place in the world today that cause us angst and anxiety and hopelessness and fear. And you will be drawn into the fray, into the battle. You will be drawn into the false battle that the dragon has already lost. If we don't hold to the anchor of which we have already been given and that is Christ being formed in us and through us that he is in fact building and doing what he has done from the very beginning forming himself in and through us and building his kingdom and establishing his presence and working through this life but you and I have to hold on to the truth of what the Word tells us. We have to be able to forego the feelings, the, the, the things that draw us into that battle and hold on to the hope of that which is being formed in us. Right. I, too, can sit back and go, oh my, look what's happening. But in those moments when, I f when my feelings are pulling the direction of the battle, I willfully place myself into the, f into the fullness of what Christ is doing in and through me and what he yet, yet has to complete. I believe that there are so many opportunities for the church to hold on to, to make a difference in life itself of what we know about it. You don't have to be afraid of a wrong government coming in next year. You don't have to be worried about a Donald Trump who's off on another world. <laughs> the issues are is that Christ is forming within you and through you Christ will be made plain. Will make a difference. You will move, you move and have your being in and through him. These are good words. This is good things. This makes Christmas that joyous and celebration and full of thanksgiving and full of praise. Because it is through that formation that's taking place in our lives, we can make a difference.
you have an anchor that gives you the, the authority and the ability to live in a level, in a realm that normally you would not be able to get there if it wasn't for Christ. Hold on to him. Let him be formed in and through you and see the salvation of God.